Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast and apologies for the delay in getting it up today. Uh, well, yesterday, really, it should have been up. Uh, let me explain. Uh, today's guest is Annie Letterman, amazing U.S. comic. Uh, she was over at the Vodafone Comedy Festival in Dublin. That's how some Irish people might know her. Uh, Americans might know her from various TV shows, including Girl Code on MTV. And uh, I had a chat with her. Uh, uh, you know, various different journeys we like to do in the car. So in this particular journey, I decided we would drive out to the beach in West Hampton and record on the way. Uh, what I didn't realize was the longer journey would lead to one of the great journeys as far as conversations go because Annie had some sort of spiritual awakening while in Ireland, a self-realization um, that has seemed to have given her uh, a great liberation from a lot of demons uh, that were in her life and her past. And we discussed those demons at great length during this chat from a difficult childhood where she was uh, diagnosed on the spectrum of Asperger's attention deficit disorder which she says herself may uh be a factor during the chat and it was at times trying to keep her focused uh perhaps dyslexia that was undiagnosed and very difficult teenage years with uh alcoholism uh various just various types of behavioral things going on in her teenage years and also uh molested by a teacher in her school uh which had to bring her to court, all of which I had no idea about and discovered at various times during the chat. And it's a harrowing chat and it's a very interesting chat. So uh, a journey to the beach turned into a journey of discovery about Annie Letterman that I, I couldn't have imagined. So stick around. Uh, this is one hour of a two-hour chat. Uh, because I wanted to stick with the with Annie's journey of life and her journey to this moment that she had in Ireland, I have pulled out all the sort of fun, silly bits for another podcast. Uh, this uh, one-hour chat is the clean version. The next chat will be the uncensored, dirty version. And uh, if you hear this one, you'll be shocked that, there's a, shocked that there's a dirtier version to come. But anyway, I thank Annie for her honesty, and I think you will enjoy the chat. It's an important chat. Uh, particularly if women are listening, particularly young women, I think that you'll find a lot of inspiration from the strength and courage and, and kind of balls, probably not the right term, but balls Annie has about tackling things that she thinks uh, were done badly to her and also just ba done badly to women. A tough chat for men, I think, because, you know, she's confrontational and I think some guys might, you know, might struggle with that stuff, but I think it's important to listen to and I think it's important to be challenged like that. So I don't want to say too much. I've already said too much. So without further ado, please enjoy Annie Letterman. So myself and Annie are on our way out to the Hamptons. What's up? This is our first, our first on the road to the Hamptons podcast. So Annie, you've yes. just you've actually just been in Ireland. I was just in Ireland. It changed my life. Really? 
It really, truly did. Uh, how did it change your life? Um, well, it just was awesome. So I went out. I was living in L.A. doing comedy. Yeah. Passed the comedy store doing, like, spots there, like. On the reg? Yeah, two, th two three times a week. Okay, in the comedy store, the world-famous comedy store. The world-famous, which they named themselves the world-famous comedy store. Performing, like, two to three times a week, just not feeling, not loving it. In a relationship I wasn't into. Go out to Ireland. I had started comedy in New York. Go out to Ireland. Um, just, like, alone, just seeing the f comics. So this is literally just eight weeks ago. This is eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago, you've had a life-changing experience. I've literally never... I've had the best eight weeks of my life. All right, so you then. get to Ireland. Okay, so I get to Ireland. I go two days early. I rent an Airbnb, and I rent a car. And everyone's like, do not drive in Ireland. You're a shitty driver in America. Like, don't, like, have to put the challenge of driving on the other side of the road. Oh, really? They yeah, because actually gonna, it's like, not a big deal. Yeah. Well, they thought I was going to, like, Matthew Broderick, a bunch of people. But anyway, so I... I didn't know that had become a verb. Well, it just <laughs> did, so... And if anyone else says that, I've actually copyrighted it, so... Okay. Um, okay, so everyone's like, don't do it. And I was like, I'll be fine. I'll pay attention. I'll be cool. Get over it. So I ended up going to... I drove to Glendalock, which I loved. And I went to Glendalock, and I was like posing in front of you know where they have like the selfie stand in front of the lower lake or the upper lake uh i don't know they have a selfie stand they have a fucking selfie well, that's stand. a new Isn't thing that crazy that's a new i thing. mean i hope it's new i hope that's not from like 1100 yeah there was a, selfies were huge in the 1100s <laughs> I mean, you had to stand there and draw yourself it but took it quite is, a while it's pretty depressing that there's a selfie stand well, yeah, I mean, it's a, the word selfie is really a new thing. It's a horrible uh, thing. You know, it's mass, it became part of the mass media because of Ellen. And uh, now we all, we used to take pictures, now we take selfies. You kind of look like Ellen. Have people said that to you before? No. You're I'm like a hot not, male Ellen. Definitely not in the middle of a story about Glenda Locke. Okay. All right. So I'm like, I pose in front of the lake and I'm doing like the eat out symbol. You know, where you like. Oh, that's the eat out symbol? Yeah. I never like, knew that. You're kidding. No, yeah, I didn't know that. Simple. Yeah, you like, you do like the peace sign, and then you stick your tongue out. You stick your tongue. Okay. So I'm like, obviously, I'm gonna, be, I'm at this beautiful place, so I have to ruin it by being like, yeah, a doing monster. the eat out symbol. Yeah. And right at that time, this guy with like a lazy eye and a dog, walks out and makes direct eye contact. Well, with one of his eyes. Yeah. But he makes one the eye direct eye contact with me, and it's so awkward. So then I'm like, I'm like, ah, I have to get out of this situation before I get. I pretty much was inviting him to rape and murder me. Yes. So. He was, I was talking, I started talking to him and he was like a little weird, but I kept Snapchatting him and being like, I know you're going to murder me, sir, but I'm going to Snapchat it. So like, there, you know, we'll find you. Uh, but I kept hanging out with him. I don't know why. And he took me. You like, actually hung out with the lazy eye guy. I hung out with the lazy eye guy for like two hours. And I wanted, I didn't want to drive in at night. I didn't want to drive when it was dark. And he was like, don't worry, you have two hours. So I walked with him all the way over to the church, which I wouldn't have even gone to. I would have just looked at the lake and left. And I'm really glad I went. And I was like looking at all those gravestones and seeing how fucking old. How old is Glendalock? Like 1100s? I guess. Yeah, uh, it's old as shit. There's nothing old in America. America's young. Well, there is, but it's all been but destroyed. But not that old. Yeah, it sucks. But it was just like I just felt like I did ayahuasca without doing ayahuasca. And I just like understood that people are like all these lives. People live like full lives like I'm living before me. And they're gonna live them after me, and we're all like have this tiny little slice of the universe that we have to make like the best, yeah, and have like the best time, and and I'm and I was just was like so grateful that I was traveling and doing comedy and able to perform, and the shows were awesome, and all the comics were awesome except Des, and it was really fun. And do you consider your performances to be like 
your your church, your little monastic settlement that you will leave for people to look back on in a well, thousand we'll years all time. be forgotten. Yes. So it doesn't matter. But yes, I'm, but I those, sort of find those, the power those, in that. Those monks left that place that you still enjoy 1,000 years later. Yeah, so I'm leaving behind a series of dick jokes for people to yes. remember But I mean, me I by. think that's beautiful, you know? Like no, that. but it really was like, it was absolutely mind-blowing. So at, like, that, at that festival, at the Vodafone Comedy felt. Festival, which is the reason why I actually began doing a podcast, at that festival you had some sort of spiritual awakening. A spiritual awakening. I'm 33. I'm Jesus' age. I feel really good. I feel confident. But you're Jewish, right? No. Oh, you're not? I was brought up Quaker. Oh, you brought up Quaker. Uh, I made an assumption on the Letterman, which was incorrect of me. You thought I was a fucking Jew? I'm just kidding. Isn't well, it funny how people can get mad about that? <laughs> it's like the one thing you're like, ew, Jew. <laughs> Fuck oh, that so you're not Jewish? No, if I you was Jewish. You have a hope in comedy, kid. Forget it. I know. I was. I always said that. I'm like, if Hang I was Hang it up. <laughs> I would be so much more successful. No, I was brought up Quaker, but I, I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. Oh, so right, I went to a okay. lot of bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. I was the one chugging the Manischewitz and vomiting. But um, In okay. my short, uh, short amount of time knowing you, I'm getting the impression that you had like a, a, a wild juvenile years. Yeah. So what, like what was going on there? Well, I think I just had really bad ADD. And oh, I also you like actually think you had it for real? Oh, yeah, I have ADD. You'll see when you have to keep reminding me what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I've noticed that already. Yeah, like, I, I don't mean though, on right? mic. It's, it's, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I just feel like you should think I'm cooler than you do. Well, Annie, so first cool. of all, you can't be doing my thinking. And secondly, you shouldn't have had me have to bring you back onto the point immediately after telling me that I was going to have to do it. So, I mean, but so I think that's like being you, pretty you, like were direct. You diagnosed, were you diagnosed ADD? Of course. I was very tactile defensive. And so if you like touched me, it would upset me. And what? You mean growing up? As a child, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, now I'm like touched, but. Um, I didn't know there was a term for that tactile defensive. Yeah, it's like, I, well, I was on the spectrum of Asperger's and, oh, and you autism. Are? Yeah. So I had, I had problems with socks. Wearing socks, if I could feel, I could feel the seam, and it would like destroy my day. Like I would be like horrified oh, all right. day. Because yeah, I think my I think my nephew has a little bit of tactile defensive. Yeah, but it's hard. Like I, had, if I hugged people, I'd hug really hard. But with my twin brother, my mom said that I was really sweet. I would always like cuddle up to him, right. but I would never breastfeed. Like I just couldn't be. I didn't like to be held. So I was like, I came in a little bit fucked up, but I was, I was uh, really. It's good that you were born later because you can use terms like tactile defensive. I think if you were born maybe 20 years before, you would have just been like a pain in the hole. I can't. So it's good that there's labels for it now. Well, my dad, well, my dad was really, they, it was overwhelming for my parents because they had my older brother and then me and my brother. And my mom's like mother had died when she was like in pregnant with that. Like it's just a lot was going on. My dad was working a lot, but my dad had a really bad temper. And so all of that stuff didn't really fly with him. So oh, I was really? like pretty severely verbally abused. All Just right. screamed at, called a cunt, called selfish, called all really? these things. Really? Your yeah. father called you a cunt? Yeah, a lot. Oh, wow. And, uh, and my mom would scream at me. And it just like, you know, I just was like in pain and in trouble. So, and, so um, would you say... That like I'm a comedian because my no. dad called me a cunt? Oh, yes. would you say your childhood was very stressful? Yeah, it was horrible. I used to have panic attacks. I remember my first... Um, the first time I had night terrors and like wasn't able to sleep was in third grade because the teacher said, we have a, we have a test tomorrow. It's really important. You have to get sleep. And I fucking almost died. Like I just was up all night panicking. And then I always, I would always have to go in and get my dad and he would have to come in. My dad was like, 
he was both ends of the coin, you know, because he was the sweetest, one, most wonderful person. And I'm saying was, he's still alive, but he's just a different person now. But he was so mean and so fucking mad all the time. And he really hated, he had some, I think, similar sensory issues. So he hated noise and he hated. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm crying all the time and upset all the time because people are touching me. And uh, I just triggered stuff in him. And I had like problems with like, I was constantly, I mean, it was just really bad. I was just hiding all the time and getting yelled at and torn out of closets. But um, so that was hard. And my brothers were fine, you know, so that was weird. But were you me. aware all the time of this or like? like yeah, I was, was I was I, being I'm screamed at all the time. So, yeah, yeah, I know. But like, I'm, I'm curious to know, did you how did you process it in terms of the, the difficult, the tactile defensiveness and like, how I you just was very I mean, I think the reason I'm so honest is because I had to like say how I felt all the time because it was so weird to people, you know, it was right. They yeah. didn't understand. I'm just realizing this now, actually. But like they didn't understand. It, it was not normal the way that I felt. So I would have to just be like, ow, to a hug, you know, yeah. it was like sad. You know, you're just like a kid. You just need love. And, you, and I couldn't really get it. So, yeah, not that they didn't. I mean, my parents loved him, but I couldn't physically get it. So, but luckily but, but, they didn't. But, but you didn't, you, what? You, you didn't want them to physically give it either. Because I couldn't, actually I couldn't, yeah, it hurt. But I mean, there was like, yelling. my parents would always come in and apologize. You know, I, it was fine, but it was just, it was rough. And then growing up was rough. And then I did um, occupational therapy when I was like anywhere from eight to 10. I can't really remember how old I was, but maybe even a little older than that. But they did this uh, brush therapy thing on me where they do this to autistic kids where you go in and they... Your homework is that your mom, my mom had to take a surgical brush um, and she had to scrub all my limbs, like my whole body. And it was so horrible that it would desensitize me from regular touch. Oh, really? And then when I would go in there, the woman would plug in this thing that was like a, like a car buffer, it looked like. It was like a vibrating for, it sounds like I got molested, but I, I wasn't that molested that way. But um, so she... Um, she would plug it in and it was like furry and she would rub that all over my skin and it felt so horrible but it did desensitize me and now I'm oh, fine. Oh, so it actually worked? Yeah, it worked. I'm fine. So now. even though it sounds like it's quite traumatic. I mean, it sounded like I got It sounds like um, Stanley Kubrick, Clockwork Orange type stuff. Yeah, you know? it was torture but it was good. It was good for me in the long run. And then oh, so, so in the end, you, you, so that's not like a negative experience really when you look back. No, and it's really funny. It's just like funny. I want to do more research on it. And then I ended up working. Did, now, do people, is that still a used technique? Do you have any idea? Or I think it is, yeah. I, I talked about it on stage once, and uh, a guy came up to me, and he was like, I work with autistic kids. That's called brush therapy. Oh, no way. Yeah, and I was like, fuck, was I more autistic than I thought? And he's like, maybe. Yeah, it sounds like you were more autistic than you but thought. I, but I was very connected. Like, I, I've always been really, I can really, like, feel the, the way people feel. I can see, like, what people are feeling. I, I, and you think that that awareness is I think because I was so sensitive yeah like you think you nail it every time I just think I'm aware of things I don't I'm not like I don't think I kn like know people better than they know themselves type thing but I just no. I don't know I, th I think I'm I can see what's going on a little bit yeah and uh, what no, I don't mean that in like a cocky way no 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 I, I think it's I think it's super interesting so no but I I, I, th I find this really interesting because I'm kind of curious at what stage did you become aware, you know, like at what stage did, when you got older, did you think like I'm odd or I, I'm, I'm not odd? Like what, when were you just aware that like, fuck well, I always felt different. I felt completely 
not I just felt like I had to fight for myself all the time because I was so different from everyone so I always was like I had my own back and what about in school like so school, at home okay so school defensive. was rough school was hard um you know I had learned disabilities oh um, you did yeah my brother and I my twin brother and I were held back in kindergarten because of his learning disabilities and then they realized mine it took me a long time to read I didn't read till second grade and um, I just had a tracking problem. My eyes would dart to another row. Yeah, so it's all kind of like focusy stuff, right? Yeah, it's focusy. But it wasn't stuff. dyslexia, no. No, you know, I think back and I'm like, it might have been dyslexia, and they just because my diagnose. brother was undiagnosed dyslexic till he was 28. Yeah, it uh, might have been, but reading was always. I don't read now. I listen to audiobooks. Um, yeah, so does he. But he learned that after he was diagnosed, and he realized that's the better way for him to absorb yeah. the information. I mean that's hard sometimes too. I want them to have I want them to have a thing where an app where it can just like say your name every five minutes to remind you to listen. But when you were at school, they did not diagnose you with dyslexia. I was dis I was diagnosed with um, attention deficit disorder. Okay. And did they give you Ritalin? They did give me Ritalin, which I later snorted several, a lot of, um, okay. and Adderall only on road trips. But um, yeah, no, I was I, I got into drugs and stuff pretty young because I was I knew I wasn't going to be good and I got so much negative. I was just treated like such a fucking problem yeah. that I just was became a problem because I was like, there's no I'll be able to be good at being bad, but I'm never going to be like good at being good, you know? Sure. And I felt like I was a really bad person. But this it wasn't. Is, like but I felt really not, bad. Is that not an, in hindsight thing? Like. What? You did, did you actually make that decision? Fuck it. Was I it think like a fuck it? I moment? just went to be bad. It wasn't a fuck it moment. I was screamed at all the time, and I was called a cunt, and I was called selfish, and all these things. So I just believed it. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's another thing I'll get to because this like past eight weeks or whatever, I'm like free of fucking everything. But so I always had was holding this thing like I'm this bad person because I was told I was bad, all the time. Yeah. I mean I was screamed at since I was a fucking baby, and um. So I would fight for myself, but I always was like, deep down, my secret is that I am awful. And uh, so even it, when it, I was like a special ed teacher and I was doing all these things, it was I still was like, I'm terrible. And when people would talk shit on me, even though nobody gets it right, nobody talks shit on me about real things. They get the wrong thing. And then, but it would still bother me because it felt like it was tapping into this thing where I'm like, oh, people are gonna notice that like, I don't deserve to have what I have and I'm not good enough for it and I'm bad. And I'm but rotten. Like I felt rotten is what I felt like. So but, then but in I high think school, a lot of people yeah. do have that feeling though. That I think they do too, and I would really like for them to not have it because I would love people to feel the way that I feel right now. Because it's I, excellent. But I, yeah, but I think I think a lot of people like if you shared it more openly, more often, I think a lot of people would identify with you more than you think. I talk about it a lot. I've been oh, talking about it. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to do this thing on stage, but what I'll, I'll get to that. But I and so I started smoking weed and cigarettes and. Um, and then I was just not doing well in school. I couldn't handle public school. I was so used to having that environment at the Quaker school. So my parents started looking at different schools for me because I was just going in the wrong direction. So the options were a boarding school that was for kids with learning disabilities, which they didn't want to send me to. And I didn't want to be like labeled LD like that anyway, because I was smart. I just couldn't focus. Yeah. And um, which in retrospect, that's the one I should have gone to, obviously. Or yeah, no, I mean, they, everything's they fine because I like my life now. Yeah, yeah, they probably would have. I yeah, mean, the shit that matter. went down in high school, I mean, it's crazy. But so then there was the Krefeld School, which is the school I ended up going to, which was a school for juvenile delinquents, an alternative school where they sent kids that got kicked out of their high schools, or you could pay, or 
there were like a lot of autistics. It, it was like people on the fringe. So it was like the kids that bullied and the kids that got bullied. And I was like a little bit in the middle of both. Yeah. Um, so I ended up going there and you just don't put someone who is like cusp on the cusp of being a juvenile delinquent with hardcore juvenile delinquents. Like I turned yeah, so like bad. We were sending cars. a minor offender into Rikers and I then mean, they come out a major criminal. I mean, it was like, I'm surprised I don't have a fucking teardrop tattoo. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, we were just stealing cars. We were, oh, so we you were, were total like crazy. snorting pills. We were drinking. We were like in school. We were on acid. We were, and, um, and then shit went down in my high school. I got like, I had a teacher do some fucked up shit to me. I had to go to court. Really? Yeah, I had to go to court. Jesus, you're just like a, a tornado of drama. But I, yeah, I don't want it. I like to be chill. So when but did your life become less chaotic? Eight weeks ago in Ireland. Oh, come on. It can't be. That, that, what, no, that? I just, I quit drinking in, when I was 25. Oh, 25. I quit drinking after um, my first open mic. And I just went hard on comedy, and now my life is amazing. Yeah, so the the quit drinking was just, you were just sick of the madness? No, I was waking up bleeding and checking for my teeth all the time. It was a nightmare. I was drinking so hard. I was drinking all day long. I had a, um, I got a gum infection that, like, you don't get unless you were, like, you're homeless at war or under so much stress that your body's, like, rejecting your teeth. Like, it was, like, really bad. Um, I just drank all the time. And um, and it was because I fucking hated myself. It's because I thought I was bad and rotten. So I wanted to, like, black out and not be myself and not be with myself. And Yeah, and, but, I mean, um, is that just, like... I mean, that's a pretty throwaway thing to say, but... What do you mean? Well, no, I just mean, like, it's because I hated myself. Like, that's it? I mean, I always, I always had... I don't know. I was escaping. Yeah, no, I don't know. I was, I really like didn't, I just did not love myself at all. I yeah. really did not respect myself. And I put myself into a lot of like gross situations and drinking, blacking out as a woman is just really, you just get raped. I mean, you just get raped. You can't trust guys to not hook up with you when you're in a blackout. You can't, you can't trust your Uber drivers. Like it's dangerous. I know, but then you're getting into that, that murky water of blaming. The if I can't walk, you can't fuck me. How about that? That's a pretty good one, right? Like, if I'm falling over, and then you can't have sex with me. I had, My friend fucked me when I was, like, I falling down the stairs. My roommate came out, saw him, like, picking me up off the ground and putting me on the couch. Like, yeah, that's rape, dude. You fucking asshole. Oh, like, yeah. if I can't, like, if I can't enjoy it, don't fuck me. Like, why would you want to fuck me if I can't enjoy it? That's weird. That's pretty selfish. Yeah, I mean, but but, but at the same time... Just a minute ago, it seemed to be suggesting like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have put yourself in those situations. But you weren't you weren't exonerating. But, uh, but I don't think that I think that's because that's the where the world is. And that sucks. Like, I think that people need to raise their sons better. Yes. And uh, not worry about their daughters so much because it's why are, why do we have to make ourselves small so you guys don't rape us? We should be able to be as big and as whatever we want to be as we want to be. Yeah. Like you do should you know be, what I mean? you should be able to do make mistakes like teenagers make and uh, drinking right. too much or whatever and not have to worry about being raped right but in reality you can't trust people and uh i mean i not that i'm not i trust i try to trust everyone but um there's something it's that whole did you did you guys have the book the game over there did you guys read it people know about the game right yeah. okay so look at that okay that situation is like so you're supposed to like neg a girl 
I've been talking about this a little bit on stage. Yeah, well, but yeah, like, negging. You know, negging, okay, making so. Making a girl feel insecure. Yeah, you make her feel bad and insecure so that she is tricked into wanting to fuck you. Like, how about this? How about be a guy girls want to fuck? How about if that girl doesn't want to fuck you, go find someone that does. Like, be better. Like, why are you tricking? Why do you want to trick someone that doesn't want it into get it? Like, why do you want to take it that way? That's such like that's so crazy to me, and I'm no, not saying know, that's, but that's rape, but it's like, but that, that game, that cat that mouse book. game, that is just that book. Not it's all, all are, the time, dude. I yeah, fucking get that. Not all guys are like that. I mean, I notice myself doing it too. I mean, I'm like, I like to tease people. Um, no, but there's a difference between flirtation. Like Des, uh, you look like shit. Yeah, I know. Whatever, man. But I mean, like, there's a difference between flirtation and negging. Like. Yeah, it's just like, it just seems like, why are you trying to trick people? No, I know, but I'm just curious because I definitely hear it spoken about so much more here about girls being too drunk to give consent. Uh, you know, I think somewhat to a degree also that there's just uh, more openness about sex here. So perhaps sometimes maybe, I don't know, that people don't realize the gravity of the situation sometimes in the United States. Maybe that's just naive of me. They don't really. I think people realize the gravity. I don't know. Are you? Oh, what you think when I'm guys just, when guys have sex with drunk girls? I'm just curious because I hear so much more about it here. You know, because basically the majority of my adolescence, despite my accent, was spent in Ireland where slaying chicks. No, it was just it was different. Honestly, honestly, there's just a more casual. The truth is, in the United States, in my experience, there is a more casual attitude to sex, which I largely like because it's less shame. Yeah. But on the flip side, you do get these scenarios where drunken teenagers are just banging each other and like you're talking about I just can't even imagine not like I don't know how I would have not had sex at 14 <laughs> do you know what I mean like I just everyone was banging like I felt like a prude compared to everyone else you know yeah and I had this boyfriend I thought was like so hot it's so hilarious I'll show you a picture of him but um and he treated me like shit and I was just like couldn't get enough of it I was so obsessed with him and he banged me on his waterbed Oh, that, that's the and guy? And he fucked my best friend, too. Oh. I know. But, uh, whatever. She's a bitch. Um, but, no, yeah, but no, we were all banging. It was like we were all banging. But then once I once I lost my virginity, I felt like all this pressure to keep banging when I was like, I'm actually, like, not ready. Yeah, so when you look back now, do you wish that you had been, uh, not had more restraint, but do you wish that you had sort of listened I wish to I you? had self, like, respect you know where yeah. i was like you can say because i still struggle with that like a lot of times where like i put someone else's feelings over my own feelings all the time especially like i'm i'm like i want to please people and i want like and with men it's like this thing where i'm like oh like you know like if i if i say i'm gonna hook up with someone and then i like meet up with them and i'm like oh, this i'm not into this like i'll still do something you know which is shitty like who gives a fuck I don't know. I think blue balls, like that whole thing, really. They they got me with blue balls young. <laughs> well, what, what do you mean they got you? Like with blue you know, balls? I would like hook up with a guy and he'd be like, "What are you gonna leave me hanging in blue balls?" And I was like so young that I was like, "I'm sorry." Oh, that's interesting. You know, yeah, and then I still kind of have blue balls in my head, even though now I'm like, I don't give a fuck if blue balls are real. Like jerk off in the bathroom, but I still kind of have a little bit of a time, like a moment where I'm like, and it's something like I'll never do again. But you know where I'm like. I either want to know I'm not into this person. This isn't going to be good for me. Like, I'm going to give them this, which is, like, crazy because... Yeah, you feel like an obligation. But now I'm at the place where I'm, like, I mean, I just want what I want. I want, like, I'm going into situations for myself. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not just sexual, but, like, all of them. 
So, and not in a selfish way, like I care about other people, but um, I'm not like, gonna like let myself take like a backseat to my own life. I don't know why I was doing that. Yeah. But I mean, it was like all that shit, that shame from when I was little. But that's so interesting about the blue balls thing, cause it is weird physiologically for men. There is that moment where it just becomes a bit sort of uh, like, it's a physiological. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. thing, I guess, suddenly it's just like, no, 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 it fucking has to happen. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like guys are assholes, but there is a feeling I mean, I that just you get. But think I do think, real. I really do think that a positive bit of education would just be like, look, if she's not into it and you feel you leave it hanging, just literally go to another room and, and jerk off. And jerk off. I really jerk feel the bathroom. I really feel, you know, but here's the thing. And I, I mean, I don't want to say too much about myself and incriminate myself, but so often I could have saved myself so much hassle by jerking off. Yeah. Like, because even though, even though sometimes I say to myself, just go Do you jerk. have jerk off shame because of no, Catholicism? No, 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 no. It's not jerk off shame. I, I, I'm just saying sometimes I know I even say to myself before you know whatever scenario I'm in I say yo you could just go jerk off and then your whole mentality would change and you would just no longer be in this situation where it all has to go down now but I Wait, you know, do you but, mean yeah, sexually? yeah but here's the lie yeah obviously but here's the but the lie is that your mind doesn't want to let go of that whatever that desire whatever situation well yeah it's better but, to bang people yeah but then of it's course boom thing. but then of course boom if you get you know so what i'm saying is men should be taught that in that situation like blue balls i mean whether blue balls is actually a thing but in that situation where a guy just suddenly feels like either entitled or hard done by it's entitlement that, is the word yeah too. yeah if they feel entitled or hard done by they can literally change the scenario by just just go jerk off yeah it's just and, crazy. And, and the truth is, like sexually, if you've been messing around and you really want something to happen and then the girl decides like they're not into it and it's a no means no situation, the amount of stuff you've already been doing will mean that you'll probably be pretty good when you go and do it on your own. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. You're ready to go. Quite satisfying. But of course, that no one's going to teach boys that. But I really do feel that guys would get themselves out of a lot of trouble by just jerking off. Because whatever it is, whatever happens to us physiologically, it's pretty intense yeah. at that moment. And by the way, when I say that, I'm not saying that, like, I would have saved myself from raping people. I just mean, like, the things... I don't think anyone thinks you're a rapist. No, no I know, but what I mean is the things you that you do like a pretty and that desire guy. is high. It is amazing how everything changes the minute you... Yeah, it's just so different. Your load. It's so different for girls. It's just a different... Yes. Well, I, ta I, I talked to a, a transgender comedian, and she said... She's transitioning now. 
she said it was amazing from the hormones just the difference in terms of that blue balls thing disappears i mean she didn't say blue balls but just just the the fucking imminence of it all the, yeah the, 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 the need for it to happen now is gone for her yeah. and that's weird to, to think that you can you guys well we'll we, you know we get that i get that every once in a while there's like times where i'm like i will die if i don't have an orgasm like i'll fucking die but then it can pass like something can happen and then i'm like oh never mind do you know what i mean yeah i'm like eh, i don't like this person but I just feel like Go it's away. yeah. It's yeah. not like that. Like you guys are just like yeah. But you don't get angry. You have to like, right? like a guy will get angry. Like I have no. You guys are like you guys. I have gotten angry though. I have at girls. Yeah, just in the scenario, you know, where you know whatever happened. Like, Do I've they make angry. them horny when you got angry? No. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on. The I'm like angry dads. Wow. Uh, it's not as uncommon as you think, <laughs> angry dads. But anyway. Uh, I don't think you get that if you if you if you're dying to have an orgasm and it doesn't happen. I don't think you get like no, you're no, not. Where the fuck do you think you're it's going? It's just annoying. How but the fuck can you I also fuck? like masturbate a lot, so I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this on here. You what can talk Ireland about it. Like? I mean, I, I used to, I had a routine before in Ireland uh, about masturbation because I definitely think. I mean, I, I I hate making these generalizations, but in my experience, Irish girls are less likely to admit that they masturbate. Than American women. People are weird about female masturbation, yeah, though. Really, I don't know. Really I think are. they think it's like it's like too sexual or something. It's too hot or something. It's like not hot. the way I do. It's not hot. No, like, it's good. I think everyone should masturbate, but it's like women should definitely masturbate. That is no, my, but it's a separate my, thing. My like male, my male messages like just jerk off. You're in a jam with the blue balls. My female messages, you gotta masturbate. masturbate it's actually great. more important for women to masturbate because Why? they need to know what they're into. Because women right. are very, women have very complicated the way they're wired it sexually. is very complicated men aren't most of them just want to be choked a little okay i mean i know that you're joking but i not i was being dead serious this is the most serious i've ever been well, no they one, do if there's one thing i've learned about women it is that you cannot make sweeping generalizations on what women are into that's true yeah everyone's different you know I but i also am different with every like every guy i sleep with is different i just feel really like I mean, I've only slept with one person since my I broke up with my boyfriend, but it was like so I'm so like open and and feel so good now that it's like you had a different experience. Yeah, it just felt like good to be because I can like connect with people more. It doesn't have to be as like crazy. But um, so anyway, so okay. No, but that's good. I mean, I, I did want to actually talk to you a lot about that stuff because my one of the the things that I remember from your time in Dublin is that you're very open talking about sex and open about sexual stuff and uh it's n you know, it's not that common in ireland particularly yeah. like in comedy yeah there's less talk about sex and it's still I feel sort like of my, yeah i talk about it my set's all new now since i since i came back to new york all right well do you feel though that sometimes there's a certain type of man that doesn't react very well to a powerful woman being on stage you yeah, know, that happens a lot. Having strong opinions. Well, what happens to me a lot, I always call this out. There's always like one older guy in the front that's like not laughing at all. And his wife is a little bit laughing, but he's not. And I always go, how old is your daughter? And she's always like in her 20s or 30s. So really? it's like he's relating me to his daughter. And then he's getting wow. upset when I talk about this stuff. And I'm like, listen, I, you know, I'll just tell, I tell honest stories and I, you know, and it's like. There has to be another side. Guys can't be the only ones talking about sex. Like there, ha you have to have like the other side of the story. No, a hundred percent. But and also, like you have to say to yourself, why do you feel bad about this? Why does the dad? Now I know this is almost like a hypothetical person we're talking about here, but right. why does the dad listen to that and think about his daughter and think this is horrible? That's the real 
that's the it's real just thing. a weird a weird protection that men have over their their daughters but yeah, it's but like there's still there's still a weird shame about sex that there that's is like a weird a shame about thing. sex but it's like we were all jizz like we literally were all jizz it's like who cares yeah so just a bit of admin uh, i had to stop for gas so uh we had to take a break and upon coming back uh i was trying to get uh get back into the thing about dads that we had just been discussing but i'm not exactly sure what happened but needless to say uh, we ended up talking about trolls and the way men can be abusive online. Uh, so we come back in uh, somewhere uh, in relation to chatting about that. Uh, as I said earlier, with the <laughs> Annie likes to sort of bounce around. So, you know, sometimes it can be hard to sort of keep it all together and follow her. You know, she says it herself. She has three stories going in her mind at the one time. So uh, forgive me if it's bouncing all over the place, but we're coming back in. And uh, we're sort of midpoint. Guys will write shit. Like, I posted a picture of my dad once. And this guy, um, and he was holding Oreos. And my dad's fat. He was holding double stuffed Oreos. I go, my dad in his happy place. And some guy's like, yeah, it's so funny. Double stuffed, just like his fucking daughter. Or something like that. And I was like, I go to his page. And it's all him and pictures of his daughters, his young daughters. So I go, what? Are you, how are you going to feel in 20 years when when your daughter posts a picture of you innocently and then some guy calls her a whore and he goes, well, it depends on which daughter. And I go, Madeline. And then he blocked me. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then another guy, I like posted a picture. It was like me and my niece or something, you know? And um, he writes, he goes, uh, the only thing missing is you sucking my dick or something. So I go to his page and it's like, my life is my wife. I love her. It's like him on picnics with his wife. So I tagged her ass right under it. He blocked me. <laughs> I'm like you fucking assholes like you just be like like you don't ugh. but Do I mean that mean? that is super frustrating I mean like I, like it's the I, it's the dual the dual lives that pisses me off yeah but you the dual lives thing is very but uh, I mean I, I think that's that's a those are just great examples but, of bad male right. behavior but it's bad male behavior, and then it's like so then it's like but I do ownership think, I, I, mean, I did want to ask you about that too because I do think that. But guys, look, women okay. achieve, yeah. women uh, receive much more of that type of abuse online. Yeah, it's just so I only really like take it on if it's a there's a larger message that, message that can be taught, you know? Because I have a lot of young girl followers from Girl Code, I, and um, oh yeah. So I just want to like let them know that like they are okay. <laughs> like you, you, like being yourself is like fucking beautiful and great, and like don't fucking listen to this shit because these guys are sad as fuck it's like they just they fucking hate their lives they hate their wives they can't take it out on them they're being fucking fake and then they have these like moments where they think they can just like throw something out at you and they can't they suck yeah. i mean I, I am so curious to know where it's coming from i mean we all we're all fucked up in our own ways but i'd love to know where this sort of uh women hate thing comes from well, like, I notice it with, like, feminist arguments and stuff like that. Whether you agree or disagree, it's kind of irrelevant. It makes a certain type of guy very angry. Yeah. And it, it, the anger is not... It's To me, it's an irrational anger. It's not coming from a place of disagreeing yeah. on, a, on a side of the debate. It's it, just wanting... Well, women are fucking awesome, right? So... I didn't realize until I hit 30 and I had nieces and, you know, and now I, like, live for my fucking niece. But, um... I just, you know, I always had guy friends. My mom, so I had two brothers, my dad, and then my mom is like super masculine. She was adopted into a family in upstate New York and she wanted to be a boy. Like that was her way of getting attention, you know? 
from her like the abandonment issues you just get when it just comes with being adopted but so she would tell these stories about how she would show up to the baseball you know try to play baseball put her hair in a hat and they'd be like get out scram girl which i think is just like a scene from a league of their own <laughs> that she just assumed is her own but um so she would always say stuff like that so then and she was so rejecting like i would get barbies and she'd go i don't get it and so then i would like make them fucking fight and like do masculine things to like impress her yeah and then I joined the boys' baseball team. She was the coach. She traded me to another team. What a cunt. Um, but it was like, you know, I was doing all this stuff. I, I just was like, I was taught that being masculine, being feminine was weak and being masculine was great, you know? So I really hid my femininity. And I and I was like, my, I was pretty much raised to be like a woman hater in a weird way. You? Yeah. So, and I only had guy friends. I would always have like one girlfriend here and there. And then they'd like fuck my boyfriend or something, and then were I you, hate them. So were you one of these girls that was like, I don't know, I just not comfortable women. I only yeah, I, I felt having that guy way. friends. Yeah. yeah, I felt that way, and which is so unbelievable now. I mean, I just couldn't feel. I mean, obviously I have guy friends. I love hanging out with men, but it's just so different. It's such a gift to hang out with women. And uh, when I turned 30, I just was like, oh, because I was always like, I'm not a feminist. And then I turned 30, I was like, oh, now I get it. And I also thought I was ugly, um, so I didn't understand it. And I like look at pictures and I was like, oh, I was just like a beautiful little girl. But um, I think a lot of people have that experience where they look back in a picture and they're like, wow, why the fuck did I not realize I was so hot? I right. Well, teenage. now I feel I feel hot now, but this is the first eight weeks. Ireland. <laughs> so really, this is literally I'm getting you now. I, I, I this sort of you're getting me at my peak that you think I'm going to crumble from. You are. But no. This, so this is what happened. So no. So. OK. So I had this thing happen with my teacher in high school and I had to take him to court. And, uh, you know, like when I went to I went to my one teacher and told him what happened, he goes like, I'm torn, you know. So what happened? I mean, it's tough if you talk. Uh, about I was sexually assaulted by one of my teachers. Oh, you were? By one of my art teachers. Yeah. So um, and I like that's another like when I was saying before, like about like Quaker school and stuff, it's like I just fucking fought. Like I couldn't believe like I just was I'm always surprised when people do things to me because I'm like, I will go to the police. Like I will fucking I'm not going to let someone hurt other people. Like I refuse to have that happen. Like, if I got to take the hit, I'll take the hit. But so... Um, so you immediately went to the police? No, no, no. It was two weeks later. I, w I mean, I was in shock and stuff and, like, didn't believe that it happened. But um, so I went to one of my teachers and he was, like, the other art teacher who was, like, kind of father figurey. And I told him what happened. And he said, well, I'm torn because half of me, like, I do feel like a father to you. I want to kill this guy. And the other half wasn't there, so I don't know what happened. And I was like, but I just told you what happened. I've never been a liar. I've always been, like, brutally honest, gotten in trouble for being so honest. Always. But I think that's a common experience, right? People feel like they're not being trusted when they say this happened Right. Well, me. it was just so weird. It was so crazy. Yeah, I was just like, well, but why would I ever lie? Like, and I don't gain anything from this. This is just, like, horrible and humiliating. And um, so, whatever. I ended up going to court. I ended up settling just because I was fucking wanted to like live my life and I, you like having to hear my watch my dad hear the story over and over again and they were going to drag me man through it so i just settled he got three years probation and doesn't didn't teach anymore but i think he's actually doing great he's like a successful artist in philadelphia so um fuck him but uh so i go back to the school the next year i graduate from high school at 16. i go back to the school for the graduation ceremony that's very intimate and small because i always had this thing in me that wanted approval from from my school and my teachers, even though they fucking let me down. Like, nobody had my back during that. Like, I'm telling you, when that court case was going on, I didn't tell any of the students. Somehow the students found out. Um, I was getting 
like loogies hacked on my door handle. People were really? calling me a stupid bitch, a liar, like all this stuff. He was like a really popular teacher. But I found girls, man. I went around. I found girls he had had affairs with. He had fucked. He had like, you know, it was just like. No, but, but so, I mean, no, I no, but it oh, was so like, you were getting abused by everybody at the school. Yeah, I was just getting shit. The teachers did not have my back. Um, but I always wanted their approval. Like they handled it poorly. The way they told him about it, I was like, by the time like I told them about it, before the cops were involved, I had all these messages on my answering machine from his wife being like, "You fucking lying whore!" Like by the time I got home, really, I just had to tell my parents in the car, which was like really hard and embarrassing. And it was like they just fucked me over so bad. They put me in so much danger. And it's their fucking fault. Don't fucking hire a fucking sick person like that. And they just didn't have my back. And uh, and I get why they didn't because if they did, they had to accept responsibility for the yeah, fact so that they put me in danger. Yeah, so you could have taken a major lawsuit. So and and I could have done a lawsuit. But kind of this whole theme in my life was like me. Well, whatever. Okay. Did you I'll feel get to that. Did you feel responsible somehow? Did you? Yeah, I felt did horrible. That actually, did well, that stuff I felt sink horrible. Yeah, no, I felt I felt horrible. I felt like. Because I was still going off this rotten thing. Like, this is my fault. This is my fault. I shouldn't have done this. And up until very recently, when I would look back on all these stories, I had my adult brain. And I would put my adult brain into myself in those stories. And I would be like, why would I do that? Why would I be there? Why would I put myself in this situation? Why did I choose to stay? Like, you know what I mean? But then I realized, like, I was a fucking kid. I was just a kid and I just needed help. And I was a kid. And that's the whole theme of my childhood. Was like, I was oh, a so kid did you that try was to like. You say to yourself, I could have left. Yeah, the whole thing. I'm like, I should have gotten up. I should have done something or like I should have left. But I was just like in shock, you know, and he was my teacher. And um, but I just felt very like I just couldn't really like forgive myself for that. And I just and I always thought I was rotten. So it's, it, you know, I just was like, whatever, I'm bad and I deserve these things. And I put them on myself. But now what I realize is that I was a kid and the adults in my life let me down. I jumped on the grenade because that felt easier for me to blame myself than it did to like admit that the world is unsafe and that the people that were put in place to take care of me didn't do their job. Mm. So anyway, so I, um, but I got to that because, okay, so the year, so then a year after I graduate, I still felt this need to get approval from these teachers. So I went back to the graduation just to be nice, like to say hi. And I just wanted them to be like proud of me or something. I don't know. And I went in and that teacher that I went to originally that said he was torn, he was in there with the graduates and I like popped my head and I was like, hey man. And he went, get out, this is for current graduates and yelled at me. Oh, no way. And I was like so wounded and the janitor came up to me, this guy Frank, and he was like, hey, I just want you to know, like he stopped me, he's like, I just saw that and that's unbelievable they just did that and he goes also i was here through the whole thing that happened with you and they let you down he's like this school fucked you over and i just want you to know i saw it and none of this was your fault and so i just remembered that recently that interaction and i just am now like able to see it through his eyes where i'm like oh totally and it's not in a way where i'm like blaming other people but it's like i can forgive people but it's like the fact that i like put that all on myself was so crazy and then so i was talking to my mom i i came back from ireland dumped my boyfriend um, called. I was on FaceTime with my mom, like crying on the street because I just like had just broken up with him, and I was telling her that feeling, you know, like I was saying I saw Frank, you know, like when Frank said this thing to me, and and I'm like now starting to be able to see that whole situation through his eyes. And Frank she went, was the janitor. Was the janitor, and she goes, "Yeah, well, I just try to forgive my part in any of that." And I went, "Yeah, but can you apologize?" And she was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm sorry." And I was like, "No, but could you like apologize to me right now?" And she went, okay. And she like took a breath and she went, I'm really sorry that when you were a little kid, 
and everything was so hard for you that I chose myself over you and I made you wrong and you bad rather than like accepting my responsibility and learning how to make your life happy. She's like, you were just a sweet little girl and I just didn't let you be that. And, uh, and I'm sorry I let your dad treat you that way and he'll never forgive himself for talking to you the way he talked to you. And I like, I'm fucking free now. Like she said that and it's, I thank her every day for it. I feel so like lucky people don't get that in their life. And uh, it was like really nice. And I just feel it now that I was just like a nice kid that just had problems and needed help. And uh, she started calling me sweet like six months ago. She'd go, my sweet girl. And it was like always like, why don't you call me sweet? I'm not sweet. And she's like, you're so sweet. And I am. Like I just didn't realize it. I just didn't let myself realize it. So that was like huge. And um, yeah, I just feel really good. I feel beautiful. I feel good. I feel funny. I feel confident. I feel smart. That's a big deal because that's like the shame that people carry around. Yeah. I don't feel bad. I feel good. I know I'm good inside now. So it's like all that stuff that was bothering me and it, and it hits everything. And that's why, like, I know we were talking on, we broke for a second. We were talking about how, like, you're worried that I'll crash from this. But I, I don't, I don't think it's that type of thing. Like, I'm not going to obviously be this happy and, like, heightened feeling. But I just feel really, I feel really strong. I fucking battled through a lot of shit and... Knowing that, like, I'm good, like, having that released, I don't know, I feel really good, and I feel like I understand other people. It's a big realization to come to that you're a good person. Yeah. A lot of people live the majority of their life feeling fundamentally there's something wrong with Mm -hmm. them. Yeah, that you were born rotten, and that's, like, not true. Everyone was born perfect. So how do you think you can maintain it? Because when I was talking about the crash, when we were were just in the gas station there, I, I wasn't actually talking about, well, first of all, I didn't know that you had come to this moment of like major amends with your mom. Your right. mom was saying sorry to you. I didn't know you'd come to the realization that you're not a bad person because I, I know that that's like a powerful experience. Mm-hmm. But I, I meant it more in the sense of, uh, you know, sometimes I get worried when people think they have it figured out. Like, uh, because you'll never figure it out, right? right. Like life just keeps changing. Right. And, but what, what my question is, so how do you think after these realizations and this massive relief of knowing that you're not a bad person, like what's your what's your plan to maintain it in that like sometimes these awakenings can fade right. and so it w- well what i always like i kind of have a mantra um it was this meditation i did a while ago that i didn't understand like i liked it but i didn't get it until later and i haven't done the meditation because i've been feeling so good that i haven't meditated um but um it's a mountain meditation so it's like you imagine you're a mountain and then you're like you imagine like all specific so you just really feel like you're a mountain like your shoulders are part of the mountain your fucking head's part of the mountain you're sitting there and uh like they have it it's a guided meditation it's like so it starts raining starts snowing sun comes out dries it then it gets cold again then it gets light out like then the stars are out all this stuff and so now i'm always like i'm a mountain i'm a mountain i'm a mountain because it's like, it doesn't matter what happens. Because all this shit's going to happen, right? Like, our parents die. Our animals die. Um, like, people get cancer. Uh, you know, your job, you lose your job. Like, you know, people cheat on you. You get divorced. You know, like, things, like, happen. And we have no control over it. But I can be a mountain. I'm a fucking mountain. And it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, plus it's nice to be liberated from the things that were holding you yeah, back Yeah, and so I feel long. liberated. Uh, you don't like my mountain thing. No, I like your mountain thing. I'm a fucking mountain. I don't care if you like it because I'm a mountain. Do you <laughs> so know what I mean right. 
<laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. It's like I've never been able to because I just realized how much of my time was like, you know, I was doing comedy and I just like needed the audience to tell me I was good. Like, I was like, please tell me I'm good. Like, but please. Like, man, you fit the bill for wanting to be a comedian. Yeah. Like, so do I. Yeah. I, mean, I get that. But I feel really like my sets are so good now, though. I think it's a spiritually healthy job. No, and it's weird. But I always thought I had to be all fucked up to be good at it. But my stand-up's so much better now. Mm. It's so crazy because I'm connecting with people on a different level. And I feel like, did you see Donnie Darko? No. I, I did, but I, I can't remember. Do you remember how he had like a this thing coming out of this portal thing coming out of his chest? I can't remember it. I just feel like I have that to everyone. Like I feel really feel like, like connected with people. Care bear? Not like a Care Bear. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe like a Care Bear. All I don't right, know. So I just feel so like, I don't know. Last question before, because uh, uh, I have to get a coffee from this coffee shop. But I want to ask you one question. There's no coffee we, shop. Before we break from this particular part of our chat. Did you see Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Now, before you had this realization that you're a good person, how did you react to the, I went to the, the rape groundbreaking crisis, scene? The, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Well, I went to a rape crisis center when I was in high school, and I brought. I was reading Lolita, by the way. What a piece of shit! I was reading Lolita in the fucking waiting room after of a rape crisis. Raped. Yeah, after being molested after by my fucking molested teacher, by or whatever, teacher or assaulted. He didn't rape me, but he assaulted me. But um, so I went in and they tried that shit, but it was like, okay, thank you. Oh, they tried it with yeah, you. Yeah, and I was like, mm-hmm. At the time, you weren't ready. But you think when you when you are your truth about yourself is so real because it's you're you have you're the only one you can go by. Like you can you can take stuff from how people treat you, but like it's your brain that's telling you who you are. Yeah, your mother, your father, your friend. Right, it's say, them but saying, no, you're beautiful. But right, like, and you're like it's not going to change the way you feel. It's about not yourself. because it gets in there when you're so young, and so like my truth was that I sucked and it was my fault. So people could say that I'm like, all right, well, you don't know me. I'm way worse than you think I am, you know. And it was like a lot of stuff where. You know, there were a million times I could have left. It was just like a really weird situation that I'll tell you more about off of off of the thing. But it's like, yeah, I just I just couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it. And there's so many things I heard that now I can hear. Like I think back on like that mountain meditation where I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking mountain. And um, like it just doesn't matter. It's like to be able to be like this open and honest. And like if I just continue to be honest and open, which is what I was, I just wasn't open. I was honest. But it's like I it's like I've I know I'm good. I know my part is good, so I don't have control over what other people can do. So I can just keep being good and kind and whatever. And, and busting you, balls and stuff, too. But Yeah, but that's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's good to have fun. Yeah. You don't... Do you buy... I know that you're not like a 12-step person, but do you buy into that thing of... That maybe part of the way that you can maintain these feelings is by helping others to achieve the same feeling? Sure. Or I think you should always be trying to help people. But I just... Now that I feel, like, so light, when I see people that are like suffering and struggling like I want them to be feel like a mountain too you know like I talk to people a lot about it it's only been eight weeks but you so know like I think you should write the new one hour show called I am a mountain yeah of that course. should be the show mm -hmm. I'm actually being serious yeah I know I I'm named agreeing. the podcast I'm naming this one I am a mountain yeah like every episode I'm a motherfucking a mountain yeah. yeah I'm not gonna say motherfucking but uh, that's what I am so thanks very much to Annie for her honesty and uh Super interesting chat. Definitely different to chats we've had before. Uh, there will be a part two to that chat, which will be nothing like that one, uh, where we just mess around. And it's, it's very dirty. I have to warn you in advance. So uh, even though that that's a judgment in itself, which is pretty ridiculous. So uh, tune in uh, next Monday when we'll have Maeve Higgins uh, here in New York. She's living in New York now. 
And obviously, if you like our chat, please give us the old five-star review on iTunes. Spread the word. Subscribe. Tweet me at Des Bishop. Instagram me Des Bishop. Snapchat me Des Buffer. And uh, keep it all rolling along. It's been going great. And thanks for all the feedback. And uh, any suggestions, any guests you might want, send me a message on any one of those mediums. And uh, I'll see what I can do. Um, nothing left to say other than in the next couple of weeks I'll start to announce some Irish tour dates uh, both before Christmas with Grey Matters and after Christmas with my new show One Day You'll Understand Uh, for any New Yorkers listening I'll be in Caroline's on November 3rd and for any Boston people I'm in the Wilbur on October 14th so I'm heading up to Boston in a couple of days to do some press for that so uh, any Boston people out there do spread the word that I'm heading to Boston soon Uh, and that is it really Uh, I look forward to seeing you the next time. And uh, until then, good day. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.